Hey everyone, I'm your host, Brittany Baker, and this is Tech Me As I Am, the podcast bringing self-love to corporate America, where we equip you with the tools to love yourself better in the workplace and show up as your authentic self. So let's be real, let's be courageous, and let's dive in. Hello, hello everyone. Today's topic is vulnerability as a founder. It's kind of something near and dear to my heart because I, at one point in time, was a startup founder and had a whole experience there and put me in like some mental headspace, to be honest. And so I wanted to be able to talk to everyone about being able to run your own business as a founder. It takes more than grit and it takes more than grind. It takes a mental fortitude. It takes resiliency. And today's guest is nothing short of an amazing woman and serial entrepreneur. She's also an inventor with over 20 years of experience in the technology and business development space. She is the first female founder globally to raise over a million dollars in secure token offering under Reg CF of the Jobs Act and a pioneer in the Web3 and equity crowdfunding space. Don Dixon, we are super happy to have you joining us in today. Thank you for having me. Definitely. This is an important topic. So I'm happy that you selected me to talk about this. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't think of anyone better to have this conversation with me. To dive in and just kind of get straight to it. One of the things that I experienced as being a founder, just trying to figure out the lay of the land. And one of the things I think mentally that I struggled with a lot was imposter syndrome. And, you know, many founders, they struggle with this, feeling like they're not qualified or worthy of this role, trying to figure out everything. It's important to really acknowledge these feelings and seek support from other people who have gone through those similar experiences. So I say that to say, like, could you talk to us a little bit more about your journey and then even incorporating if you felt any of those those feelings in your process of crowdfunding for Popcom? Yeah, definitely. So I will be honest, you know, we're just being transparent. I never felt like I didn't belong yeah. or like, I never even felt like mm -hmm. imposter syndrome in, in what it is, but it more so I felt very underestimated all the time. And it, it was frustrating because I'm like, you know, you're mm -hmm. putting me into a box, but I really belong here. I actually belong here more than most of the people in the room. And so I like, I have like this, like arrogance, I'm an alter ego, you know, it helps me. It helps me. So I walk <laughs> in the room, like, you know, cause I've been in tech 20 years. And I was always like the only one, of the only women or the only black person. So that was never an issue for me. I didn't even pay attention because I'm like, listen, I'm here and I'm qualified to be here and I'm just as good as anybody else in here. It wasn't until like 2016 or 17 where like it became a big thing about representation in tech or black founder or black this or black that. And, you know, talking about being in rooms and, you know, do we belong in those rooms? But I, I've been in those rooms my whole career. So I always felt because I went to school for that. So I felt like I'm educated. I know what I'm talking about. But I know a lot of founders in maybe the past decade, the imposter syndrome came from, you know, it was relatively new to them. And these were rooms they were just getting to come across. And then, of course, as soon as you get into tech, they hit you with these numbers. Oh, less than 1% of Black people get money. And they hit you all the statistics to discourage you and actually like break you down and make it make you feel like you don't belong. But me, I reject those things. Like I literally reject it because if I internalized it, then that would be me telling myself I have a 0% chance of raising money. I mean, when they tell you 0.2% of capital goes to black women. That is zero. Like that's 0.2. That's zero. So that's like saying, hey, it's a 0% chance you're going to get money. Why would I ever internalize that? 
So it's like the same thing about being in these rooms. So I think it's just to anybody that's listening that feels like they don't belong. You do. God or whoever you believe in or whatever you believe in, you wouldn't have got where you are. You haven't got the idea that you have. You wouldn't have even got into the room if you didn't belong there. So like throw that out because nine times out of 10, we're better than most people in the room. They just need to see it. Yes. I love that, Dawn. And I love the fact that you even express the fact that like, hey, I didn't feel that, but because I didn't let myself, I didn't allow myself to feel that. Like you came into that room and were like, I'm not going to let this define who I am. I know who I am. And you knew how to go in there and hold your head high and say, I'm going to make sure I get this money. I know what I'm bringing a value to this table. I know people are going to invest in what my, my dream is, my belief is, because I know I can do this. I know you're investing in me as a founder and my vision. That's beautiful. Amazing. So, I mean, let's talk to me a little bit about, I, I had seen you on an interview at one point in time and you were talking about like being a mom in the space and, you know, talk to us about being a mom as a founder and, and what that was like for you. Cause you know, we wear lots of hats when you are doing different things and, and putting yourself out there. Like how did you juggle some of those complexities or things that was the nuances of being a parent? Definitely took a village. So definitely took friends and family support for sure, but just prioritizing parenting, prioritizing my daughter, letting her know like, hey, I have to work, you know, she including her, explaining to her what I do, taking her to conferences, even though she didn't want to go. She was she was the only kid at many conferences, <laughs> but always letting her know like, hey, no matter what I have going on, you're the number one most important thing to me. So if you need me, I'm going to be there and then demonstrating that over and over again. So but just being open with her, showing her what I'm doing, the journey, like, you know, letting her feel included and not just like accessory to my journey, but like a part mm -hmm. of it where I always tell her you're on a journey with me. You know, I can't do well without you because we're a team. You know, you I need you to hold down your part of this partnership and our team by you just being a good student. You just like, you know, being honest with me, being a good daughter. And then I can hold on my part by being good at work and like grow my businesses and we can have this great life. And so I always approached it like that with her. Like we're a team on this because I'm a single mom, too. So, you know, I tell her I need we got to we got to work together so I can mm -hmm. so I can make it work. I said, you know, if I have a kid that's turning me out and acting bad at school, like I can't do my job and then we can't make money and then you can't have his life. So <laughs> you, know, you, you want like this life, life or what? Like, yeah. look. <laughs> and I always tell my daughter, like, you know, if you make my life easy, I'll make your life easy. And so we always made each other's lives easy. She's about to be 19 next month and it's been a breeze. I'll tell you, parenting has been really easy because of her and because of our understanding. So it's really like if you just communicate with their kids and talk to them and let them understand what you're doing and why you do it and they'll support you, but it's where we leave our kids out like they don't matter or just drag them along right. or don't communicate with them what's going on that they start to resent it or that they feel away. And then I also homeschool my daughter. I took her out of school in second grade and I just took her everywhere with me. And, and I, school, I schooled her myself and then also sent her to different co-ops. So she has a very non-traditional upbringing as it is, but certainly took a village for sure. Yeah, I understand that sentiment. I got four boys myself. My oldest is 15. He'll be 16 in July. So, and I told him, I was like, I went to Afrotech last year. You going to Afrotech with me this year. And I don't care <laughs> what you have. We taking you out of school. You're going to be going in here. You're going to see these spaces because it's so important for you to see people that look like you and That's understand that this is something that you can have too. Even though we're in a predominantly white neighborhood and we've always grown up in these areas, you know, it's and you not really being able to see people that look like you. It is so important. It is so, so, so important to be able to see that, to make it feel yes. real. Yes, so important. for sure. 
And I commend you too on on being able to you know be able to homeschool your daughter and and taking her with you and letting her mom be able to let, letting her be able to see her mom be a boss basically. Yes, um, because yes. that's amazing. That's amazing. So talk to me a little bit more about you know one of the things that founders and, and sometimes even people who are starting off you know just trying to figure out if they want to even be a founder is asking for help. So we want to talk about, you know, how it's okay to ask for help, whether it's seeking advice from a mentor or reaching out from a potential investor, delegating tasks to teams, things like that. What would you say was your thought process around asking for help? Like, was that something you felt like you needed to do constantly? Did you kind of look to yourself to supply yourself for certain things? Like, how did, how did that journey look for you? I mean, it's the combination. Like, if I can't find it on Google, then I'm going to go ask for help. You know, like, I'm not going to go straight to help. I mean, Google is a resource, right? And now we got chat GPT. If I can't find it online or if AI can't tell me, then I go, you know, I ask somebody just for speed. We can't have ego and we can't, we can't have step. Like, we got to move fast. So I can either take a week, two weeks, a month, whatever, try to learn it, or just call up a mentor, send an email to another founder. I'm quick to ask for help. I even ask for help from competitors, right? Like, I'm cool with all of the people in my industry, the other founders in automated retail. And I hit them up like, who does your shipping? Hey, but tell me about that investor. And, and the worst they can do is either ghost you or say no. But it's very, very rare that people tell me no because... People are generally helpful. You just have to ask them. But you also can't assume somebody's going to just help you. You have to ask. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we make assumptions like, well, they know I'm raising money. Why don't they make introductions? Or they know. No, they may know, but they got their own stuff going on. Directly ask them, hey, I'm raising money. Here's my deck. Can you make introductions for me? Hey, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm hiring for a position. Can you send this out? So I learned a long time ago. Never assume people know what you need or they're paying attention enough to know what you need because they have their own things going on and you just never know. So just go ahead and just ask for what you want and don't wait. Isn't that that is so powerful because one that takes, hey, I'm not afraid to go ask. Right. Like a lot of people, you know, especially I feel like I correlate the school time, like when you're in school being raised and then when you go into like corporate America, it's kind of the same thing. like, oh, were you that kid that asked questions in school? Like, are you were you afraid because you didn't want to look like you were stupid or didn't know the answer? You know, like being able to push through that, because that ultimately comes from like a feeling of sense of self that you don't feel confident in yourself to feel like you can go ask that question, which then goes and is a testament to your strength of being like. I had that in me. This is why it's showing up because I was not afraid to go ask those questions. I was not afraid to go into those rooms and put myself out there like that. That goes back to like who you are as your sense of self. And so we have to like think about these things when we think about putting ourselves out there as founders or asking for questions of help. Like what type of work are you doing inside to be able to get you to get to that point? Because we have to be able to stop getting in our own way to be able to get those things that we want. Exactly. You said it. Moving along, moving along. I want to talk to you a little bit more about failure. This is a big one for me because I feel like failure is a prerequisite of success. You cannot have success without having failure. And so what were some of the things that you would say helped you and how did you embrace failure as a founder as you were moving along? You know, things don't work out a lot. Um, A lot of times things don't go the way I thought they were, the way that I think they should go, could go. I'll try things and, and, you know, they're just they're just learning experiences. But like failure, I don't fail because I don't quit. Like fail means like, okay, I'm I'm just going to give up on this or it's just just because something didn't work 
doesn't mean it failed. You learned something. It didn't go as planned. I like to take it as like, it didn't go as planned because there's something in it. Like failure is like a total loss. I've never had a total loss because even though it didn't go as planned, there was value on the other side. And so it wasn't a total loss. It just didn't go as planned. And what I realized is that a lot of times when it doesn't go as planned, that's because what's ahead is actually better than what I had planned or even fathom to know. And so I've learned to just trust the process and trust the journey and do my best. And sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll be, this is my exercise for myself. You know, are you doing your best? Like deeply, you know, you know you more than anybody. Are you doing your best? And I'll be like, yes, I'm doing my best. Well, that's all I can do. And if it's not good enough for the, the task or for the goal, it's just not good enough, but it is my best. And so mm-hmm. I let myself sit in that and I'm totally fine. Like last year, I was not able to raise money for my business. I only raised 300000 The year before that, my last round, 3750000 million. And I raised it and I even stopped raising it because like I felt like I had raised enough and I cut it off. So it's like goes from abundance of op- options to raise money to like couldn't raise a damn penny. And I'm like, well, I'm doing my best. Like the market, the all these factors played into it while things just like started to decline as far as capital and things rapidly was declining. And I'm like, well, I'm doing my best every day. And that's all I can do. My best is not good enough because we're not getting the money, but I can do nothing else. And so I was okay. Mentally, I was okay because I know that I only can do my best. We also know when we're not doing our best. We know when we could do a little bit more. We know when we cut in corners. We know I also tell myself, uh, you could have been going to those events. You could have been following up. You could. So as long as me and me are aligned about what's going on, that's it. Nothing external can matter. So the failures, again, the things that don't go as planned will always have something on the other side for me to see like a silver lining. Yeah, absolutely. And you said something very profound there is like me checking in on me, like having that conversation with yourself and knowing that you were able to do your best, you know, put your best foot forward and do your ultimate best because the world is going to come from all sides to try to come and criticize or tell you how you're not enough or tell you what you can and can't do. And ultimately, like, most times it's the the projections of how they feel about themselves that's coming on to you and has exactly. absolutely nothing to do about you in, in general anyway, you know, it's yeah. what they have going on. And so the more people start to be able to understand, like just human beings in general are like, we're egocentric people. We are always thinking about ourselves. And if we are always thinking about ourselves, we should also be thinking about our internal selves so that we can heal ourselves and not have these toxic traumas spewing out on everybody else because we have unresolved issues. I think that's really profound. What you said is being able to check in on yourself. I think that is something that is something that you need to have in your everyday, a daily practice and being able to be sure of yourself and being anchored in those values of what you bring to the table, for sure. How often would you say you check in on yourself? I mean, do you have conversations, you know, oh, time every to time? Day. Like, yeah. Every day. Especially because I live by myself. I'm all, me, me and me are always having a just good old time, like <laughs> talking or <laughs> checking in. How you feeling? Okay. I mean, everything is just like, because I really am controlled by like a higher power, like source, you know? So I just mm-hmm. tap into my spirit. Like, all right, what's the move for today? Like, we'll be on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Guide me. All right, cool. I be chilling. My life is so <laughs> different now. It's like, I just really just give it all to, to the spirit. I just, I, mm-hmm. I cannot wear my human out with this mess. Every day there's some kind of mess. 
And if I try to figure it out with my limited tools as just, you know, of just my limited human experience, even though I have a lot of experience, it may look like I've only been here 44 years. Uh, Spirit been Mm -hmm. here since the beginning of time. I think (laughs) it knows more than me. So I'm going to just flow with that. And when I used to like have, you know, stress out or how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to figure this out or all these things are happening now, just be like, so what's the move? Like, all right. So got two months of runway. What's your plan? (laughs) guide me let me see where let me see where are we going with this (laughs) give me (laughs) because I'm like you know I know for a fact because I've been successful my whole life and things always worked out I know I didn't get this far to fail complete fail is like just just crash I didn't get this far Mm -hmm. to just nothing go right and and nothing go as planned or, or or I know that you gave me a plan as possible so let me make sure I have discernment because if nothing is going as planned, I must not be planning right. Let me tap in a little bit deeper to get a better plan. So mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's like maybe my plan and the divine plan are not lining up. So I got to go mm-hmm. on that divine path every time. Absolutely. And anchoring yourself in that. And that's, again, being anchored in yourself. And that's not from external, what everybody else is saying, doing, paying attention to what everyone else got going on. That is starting your day and saying, what does Dawn need? Or, you know, Brittany, what does Brittany need? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not about anyone else. And the minute I'm telling, I'm teaching my kids this. I actually was telling them as they were going to school this morning, I was like, stop worrying about your brother. Worry about you <laughs> and what you got going on. You know, right. like anchor in Once yourself. You show, up get- school, you show up as your best self. Pour into yourself Absolutely. first. I have a me first attitude. Me first. Because once yes. I'm good, everything around me is going to be good. It's a byproduct of exactly. me being good. Everything I touch, everyone I come in contact with, we're going to have a good vibe. My team, we're going to have good energy. Things are going to go well when I'm aligned and centered within myself. When I'm out of whack, then how can I show up as anything for anybody? So that's good. That's a good advice. That's good advice to your boys, for sure. Girl, I hope they take it. That's that's the question. (laughs) I hope they take it. They'll internalize Um, it. It might take them a while to take it, but they will internalize it. Keep drilling it into them. It goes a long way. I appreciate you saying that. It means a lot. Mom to mom. It means a lot. Because, boy, I'd be, I be criticizing myself all the time. That's all my childhood stuff come growing up. Like, okay, did you do enough? Did you do this or whatever? So I definitely it's understand. Like, it shows up later. Like, I'll be thinking like, man, she's not listening to me. Or like, does she hear what I'm saying? Or does she absorb what I'm experiences I'm giving her? Does she appreciate it? And then like, she'll just pop out with something. I'm like, oh, you knew that. You paid attention. Oh, snap. Like. <laughs> It's like, you remember you always told me to listen to my inner voice, that little voice inside. I was like, you was paying attention. Wow. They do. You know, they we, they get to let your kids go on their journey, you know, be a little hard headed and do explore their own way. But they always come back to what you gave them. And that's why we have to yeah. give them good things. You know, they always yes. go back to that yes. negative and the positive that you give them. They go back to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important to break those generational traumas, mm-hmm. unlearning mm-hmm. behaviors that weren't serving us, going back into our childhood to preparing yes. those things so that you're not passing those things on to your children. Because it's not even just passing on to your kids. This is That's the projecting of, of yes. how you feel about yourself on other people. So yes. you're projecting on your kids, you're projecting on your coworkers, you're projecting on your VC people you try to get money from, you try, you, whoever, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who you come in contact with, if you're not working on yourself, then everything you touch is going to go to shit. Everything. Yeah. 
Yeah, everything. So, yeah, I this is I'm loving the conversation. I really, really am. And it sounds like you definitely have been, you know, on a journey yourself and healing yourself and, you know, being able to be that person for yourself. Is there anything that you would recommend for founders that are listening in or people in the tech space about like the mindset, you know, the resiliency, the things that you felt like you really needed from a mental standpoint to help equip you to be the woman that you are today? Yeah, definitely. I have a life coach. I have a spiritual advisor. I have an executive coach. So there's there me getting help in every area of my life, balancing my life, balancing my spirituality and my practices, my spiritual hygiene. And then of course, helping me to perform in my job. So like go after coaches, go after mentors. They're really, really helpful. But then there's like some great books that I read and, you know, things that I just, that really changed my perspective on a lot of things. One of them is the Vortex. And that is an amazing, amazing book. I like to listen to it as an audio book. Uh, the Four Agreements really changed my life. That's really where I was able to be like, am I doing my best? Because one of the Four Agreements is always do your best. That's all you can do. And that helped me to release a lot of like expectations on me by others or like pressure I could have put on myself. Just knowing like all I can humanly do is my best. It doesn't matter anything else. So that'll help you just like take a look, like dissect everything you believe in and, and really be like, why do I believe in this anyway? Limiting beliefs and mm. rem- remove those because, you know, the only limitations you have are the ones you create in your own mind. I mean, only you yep. can tell yourself what you can't do. And so it's like helping you to remove those things. Being a successful founder to me doesn't come down to reading like, Books like The Lean Startup or The Hard Thing About Hard Things. It's really coming down to things that will build you up as an individual and as a person. And that's why I named those books, because once, like I said, once you're straight and your foundation is set, you can excel in every other way. You can show up as your best. But when you are not in alignment with yourself, you and you, your higher self and your physical self, then you can't. It's going to always be something going wrong. So I would say, like, Mm -hmm. tap into the vortex and the four agreements. Okay, I will definitely be picking up them books, those books today. Adding it to my audible <laughs> list myself because I'm all about learning, yeah. healing myself, you know. And and you said something too, which is again another thing that just to kind of keep in mind, which is like if you anything you touch, anything you do as a person, you know, you read all these books about okay, what do I need to do to be a business owner? But how many business owners or CEOs are out there that are toxic people? How many founders are out there are toxic people? You can make a lot of money. But if who if you are somebody that I don't want to be around, I'm not going to want to work for you. I'm not going to want to raise money with you. I'm not going to want to believe in your vision. I need to know that you are somebody that is go- I can believe in, that I can trust, and that I know is grounded enough that I can feel like you're going to be able to be successful. And that all comes down to a mindset. And people don't really, I feel like, talk about that enough. I am so, so, so thankful of being able to have you with us today and and kind of diving into some of this because it was, I don't know, it was kind of therapy for me a little bit. It always is therapy when I have these kind of conversations, just because when you just meet people that are, you know, like-minded, grounded in who they are, they understand themselves, you just have a better conversation. And I just feel like you just, you manifest more things into reality. So thank you so much, so much, so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah. that. Absolutely. So, well, that's going to conclude today's episode with vulnerability as a founder with Don Dixon. Amazing, amazing. We are so happy to have you here. Until next time, everyone, we want to thank you for listening in. Stay courageous. Mm-hmm.